Do you remember the first time you heard about a Roth IRA? Were you in your early 20s? Was it a parent who told you about it? Was it a neighbor? Was it a coworker? Everyone hears about a Roth IRA at a different time, and it almost seems like you need one, and they can be certainly very helpful, and I love talking about them because they certainly can add value, but I'm going to talk today specifically about how you can get the most out of your Roth IRA. So we're going to hop right in, but as you know, I want to go over the reviews that you guys all leave, so thank you for doing so. This comes from F.V. Grace, who says, great show in the age of the thought of the fire movement, I think young people forget to enjoy life and seem to just focus only on saving. Thank you, F.V. Grace, who left a five-star review. And what I always go back to is my definition of the FIRE movement. For a lot of you, you guys know FIRE stands for financial independence, retire early, but that is not my definition. My definition is financial independence, recreational employment. People go, Ari, that's not a big difference from retire early, and I think it is. And the reason for that, most people don't want to retire early and do nothing. Some people do, and to those people, great. They have a very clear vision of what they want to do, but for most people, that come to me. They're between age, call it 45 and 60. They want to retire early before the traditional age of 65. They've saved and invested well, and they're going, Ari, help me make the most out of this. I want to make sure that I am enjoying my time. And most people don't want to do nothing. They still want to work. Maybe it's part-time or in a capacity that's less stressful, but that's what they're looking for. It's that recreational employment. Less so, I find, that people actually just want to stop working entirely. Now, there are, of course, people that reach out to me that do fall in that boat, but for the majority, it's that recreational employment that they're looking for. So we're going to connect the dots here to my Roth IRA so you can see today how I view this for both my clients and my personal wealth. When we look at Roth IRAs, there's five main things I want you to consider so you can get the most out of your Roth IRA. The first is that you don't get any benefit at all when you put money into a Roth IRA. And I can hear some of you going, oh, yeah, you do. You talk about Roth IRAs all the time, tax-free growth, and all of these great benefits. And I go, you're right. And to reiterate what the Roth IRA is for is the following. When you put money into a Roth IRA, you get no tax benefit today. You make money, you put that money into a Roth IRA, there is no benefit today, it's the growth over 30, 40, 50 plus years that makes you go, oh my gosh, that tax-free growth, that's what I'm looking for. And that's the benefit of a Roth IRA. Now, there's other benefits that I'm going to go over today, such as no RMDs and what this means for beneficiaries and all these other amazing benefits. But for a lot of people that are just reaching out early on in their career going, okay, should I do Roth or pre-tax? Well, more often than not, Roth is going to make most sense because you're likely to make more money in the future. But this idea that a lot of advisors I find that I speak with are all about marrying Roth forever, if you want to have a really good financial plan, don't marry any strategy. Roth makes sense for a lot of people. Pre-tax makes sense for a lot of people. It really depends on your plan and where you're at in life, what cash flow looks like, and all these other variables. So we're going to start hopping through my list. And I'm going to go over a few things that a lot of people get... I'll say stuck on, but that maybe not the best phrase for it, but they'll often think a lot about this, and I think it's unnecessary. And here's one of them. It's the five-year rule. Your account has to be opened and funded for five years before you can withdraw the growth or earnings. So this timeline only pertains to the date you did your first contribution. So let's take an example. You guys know I'm the example guy. If you are 60 today, you start your Roth for the very first time, you can access your contribution. Contribution, so what you personally put in tax-free at any time. 
but not the growth for the five years. So get a Roth started to start that clock. Now, here's where people go wrong is they'll say, I got to make sure I get that clock started. I'm going to be using my Roth IRA first in an early retirement because I've been saving, investing for all these years, and I want to keep my taxes low. So to some extent, they're correct, those that say that. Each conversion absolutely has its own, what we call separate five-year rule. There is a lot to track with what I just said, and I realize that, but I want to keep it very simple. And so here's how I want you to think about it. This five-year rule, yes, it does apply, and I'm going to go over it in a little bit more detail, but for most people, they want that five-year clock on there, but it's very, very rare that they actually use it Ever. And I've only seen it about two or three times in my practice. Most people are worried about the five-year rule and they never even touch that account until their late 80s or 90s because that is the best account to allow to grow tax-free forever. So it's one of those things that, yes, there's a rule there, but it's also one of those rules I don't want you to stress out over because more than likely you're not going to even need to know it. Now, there's a lot to track, but the IRS, well, they do their best job to keep it simple, but here's the order it works at when you look at a Roth IRA. I mean, if you wanted to take money out of that Roth IRA, how does that get taxed? Like, what's the actual? And how does it work? And so any dollar you take out comes out in the same exact order, whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's Bill Gates, a contribution comes out first. So if you put $10,000 and it grows to $100,000, that first $10,000, that comes out. That's what you personally put in. That's your contribution. Then conversions come out, then the growth on that money. So the simplest way to think about it is that Roth benefits, they come over time. Don't plan to draw from your Roth right away. This rule that I just went over also applies to beneficiaries. So the goal here is, yes, start that clock to make sure that five-year rule is essentially being applied to most efficiently, but don't worry about it in most cases because you're not going to want to touch these assets. If you have a, touch these assets for a long time, I should say, your brokerage account maybe your IRAs, your 401ks, more often than not, those are the accounts you're going to want to pull from before tapping into your Roth IRAs. So that's the first thing that I want you to think about. The second thing with Roth IRAs is a lot of people will say, oh my gosh, I make too much to my Roth IRA. I make too much to contribute. And because of that, I don't know what to do. And so there's something known as a backdoor Roth. And there's all these different words out there and they do it to confuse you. I'm just kidding. That's not why they do it, but they can make it confusing because you heard me a few minutes ago, just say conversions. I'm now going to say conversions again, but it has a different meaning. So I'm going to very clearly explain the difference there. When people talk about a Roth conversion, what they're saying is what if you move money from your IRA or your 401k into your Roth IRA to pay less taxes in the future? With the idea being, what if we converted dollars today where you're in a lower tax bracket versus where you'll be in the future at a higher tax bracket and investing that difference and getting tax-free growth. That's the benefit of a Roth conversion. There's also something known as a backdoor Roth conversion. Some people call it a backdoor Roth contribution, but this comes about when you make too much money. So depending on how much income you're making, the government will say, hey, you make too much money, you can't do a Roth IRA, but you listen to the Early Retirement Podcast and you know there is a way around it, and there is. Now that depends on your income, but if you are unable to contribute to a Roth IRA because you make too much money, which I'm going to tell you right now what that is, you can still get around this rule. So if you're single 
and you make over $153,000, that's your modified adjusted gross income, you are technically not eligible to do a Roth IRA contribution. If you're married, filing jointly, and you make over $228,000, same applies to you. Now, there's something known as the aggregation rule, and this really quickly becomes complicated, but if you have other pre-tax balances, it makes it a whole lot more difficult. There's a form you have to fill out if you want to move money by putting money into an IRA, telling the government you don't want to deduct it, and then moving it to a Roth IRA. But for most people, they actually don't need to do this backdoor Roth IRA that I just explained. So sometimes I like to explain the tactic and then say, hey guys, maybe you don't even need to do it. So here's a real life example. Someone came to me and they said, Ari, I'm saving a very healthy amount. I want to do everything possible to set myself up well for the future. I said, wonderful. What are you doing today? They said, Ari, I'm maxing out my 401k. In fact, it's not my 401k, Ari. It's my Roth 401k. So I'm putting everything in there possible. I am over age 50, so I'm doing the catch up to that. So I've got 30,000 bucks going to my Roth 401k. My employer's putting in some money there. I'm doing my HSA. I said, awesome. What else do you feel that you're not able to do today? And they go, Ari, I'm, I feel like able to do everything I want to do. I just want to add and save more money. I said, okay, but humor me. If you could do one thing, what would you do? They said, Ari, there is one trip I've been putting off for many years, but there's only you know so many more years I'm going to be working. In this case, it was about five. So they just said, I want to absolutely do everything possible. We went through a planning projection and they saw they were in a very comfortable position to retire in five years. And so then they went, Ari, what about that backdoor Roth? Isn't that something we forgot to do? I said, no, it wasn't something we forgot to do, but you wanted to kind of get in this mindset of, can I max out everything for the sake of maxing out everything, which is a really weird way of thinking about it. But there's this idea that if we don't max out everything or take advantage of every special rule, that we're not on track to retire. And if financially it makes sense to do these things, well, then on paper we go, wow, we should do that. But sometimes it actually makes sense from a life perspective to go, oh my gosh, I've saved and invested plenty. I have more than I know what to do with. I'm going to always save and invest more. But to what point is that a detriment to lifestyle today? To what point do you know where your health is going to be in 10, 15 years from now? We don't. And because of that, this was someone who went, oh my gosh, for the first time in my life, I'm not going to max out or take advantage of these rules when I can. And it was a really weird mindset shift. But just because I'm talking about all of these different avenues to put another, in this case, $7,500 into a backdoor Roth for this person who reached out to me, doesn't mean that you need to do so. It's one of those things that people often go, oh my gosh, that's the maximum. If I don't do that, I'm not going to be on track for XYZ. That is not what that means. So just want to clarify that. Now, another reason Roth IRAs can be so valuable, they're not subject to required minimum distributions. So unlike other types of investment accounts, you are not required to take these distributions at a certain age. A lot of you are listening to this in your 40s or 50s or early 60s, going, Ari, I don't even know what you just said. RMDs, I've heard of them. My grandpa talks about them. I think he worries about them, but I'm not worrying about them. I'll worry about that in 30 plus years. If you were to do that, you're going to be looking at a big tax bill in the future, more often than not, if you've saved and invested well. So if you're able to just have the mindset of, oh my gosh, what if I were to do some of these things today, pay a little bit of taxes to avoid paying a ton in the future, you might really see you could be in a wonderful position. But these RMDs, they don't begin for most of you until age 75, but it's as early as age 73. But here's what you need to know about it. If you save and invest to your Roth IRA, taking advantage of this tax-free growth, this is amazing. These RMDs, you don't have to worry about yourself but you do have to worry about them when you pass away, meaning there are required minimum distributions for beneficiaries. It's just not something you personally have to worry about. 
Another aspect to Roth IRAs, why I like them, they're not included in provisional income. And you're going, Ari, what on earth is provisional income? Provisional income is essentially how your Social Security gets taxed in the future. Something else you don't have to worry about quite yet for a lot of you, but it's fun to think about, at least fun for me, to make sure you pay less taxes in the future, and this is the work I do for my clients. So how do you think about what provisional income is? Well, it's your gross income plus any tax-free income, so things like municipal bonds, plus 50% of your Social Security benefit, it helps understand, okay, when I'm looking at my whole tax picture, what am I looking at? What percent of my Social Security is going to get taxed? How do I make sure I'm looking at this really intentionally and not paying any more taxes than I need to? Another reason I love Roth IRAs, they help keep Medicare premiums low. So Roths are not included when you pull income in IRMA calculations. You don't have to worry about any extra Medicare surcharges, and it can help lower your Medicare Part B and Part D premiums. And then lastly here, just to summarize, spousal Roth IRAs are available. A lot of people will forget about this, but if one spouse has retired and one spouse is still working, if that one spouse makes 15000 a year, you're able to do two Roth IRA contributions. You can do a $7,500, assuming you're over age 50 for yourself, and $7,500 for your spouse, regardless of their working status. Now, you do need earned income to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA, and all of these are often overlooked. Not all of them, but most of them when it comes to, okay, you know, Roth IRAs, that five-year rule. How do I make sure I think about that well? Yes, think about it, get the clock started, but more often than not, you're not gonna wanna pull from your Roth IRA. Back to a Roth conversion. Can you contribute the maximum and, and try to do all these fancy techniques to get the most in? You can, but whether it's needed for your plan, I'm not so sure. What if that went to a brokerage account and you could use that to help bridge the gap to retire early? Okay, that's one scenario. What if you were to say, Ari, truly there's nothing else I wish I could do this year. I'm doing everything I wanna do. I'm gonna actually do that backdoor Roth. Okay, but do we have another IRA? Because that's gonna impact the actual implementation of that backdoor Roth conversion. RMDs, if you're projected to have large RMDs, can you do Roth conversions and allow the Roth IRA to be a really powerful tool? Provisional income, don't worry about that if you're in your early 40s, early 50s, listening to this, but if you're in your early, I'd say early 50s, you can understand how this plays a role, but I really wanna be intentional about not overwhelming any of you to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm tuning out here. The goal here is to make sure this is really settling to the point where you're like, I am crystal clear on that subject. And then helping keep Medicare premiums low, you're gonna be grateful for this later, but when you eventually are charged for Medicare, you wanna make sure your monthly income is not more than most. And for a lot of people, they forget about this, they don't do any conversions, or they convert incorrectly, or all these things, and then they look at their monthly statement, like, why am I paying so much more every single month, and this is why. Lastly, that spousal Roth IRA technique. A few other pro tips is that for people that do have a Roth IRA, more often than not, you want that 100% growing, 100% equities, taking advantage of the tax-free growth. I did an episode last week on asset location. Roth IRAs are one of those accounts you wanna absolutely make sure is predominantly in equities, 100% if you're comfortable with it, to take advantage of that tax-free growth forever. It doesn't mean you need to be investing in 
all of your other accounts the same way, but that Roth account more often than not is the account you're going to touch last. And then for some people, they go, Ari, is this the last year? You know, I've got five more years till I retire. Does that mean I only have five more years of contributing to my Roth IRA? I go, yes. Now you could do some part-time income and still make enough to contribute. So assume you make $3,000 in a year, you can only put $3,000 in your Roth IRA. However, you are able to convert an unlimited amount. So if you retire early, call it age 50, you want to convert those dollars to your Roth IRA, there's not a limit. There's no $6,500 limit if you're under 50 or you know 7,500 over 50. There's no limit at all. You can convert and pay taxes on whatever you'd like, and it completely depends on your, of course, tax picture. So hope this quick 15, 16 minutes on Roth IRAs was helpful, made you think a little bit differently about some of these topics. And of course, if you're looking for more detail of a customized strategy and plan, that's of course what I love to do. So reach out to myself. You can see in the description below, you can click a link to apply to work with me, and I look forward to speaking with you guys soon. See you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey, guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial, tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.